0: Yeah, I think so.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome to this, the latest edition of the Ian Prendercast, another Carlton podcast brought to you as always by the good people at MGA and 121 Media. My name is Sean Peterbudge. We are recording remotely. More on that later. Uh, I'm joined by Dr. (laughs) Davis, which is opportune. How are you going, doctor?
2: I'm excellent. Thank you, Sean. It's uh, nice to be able to catch up talking uh, after a win.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. It's
2: It's a lovely thing.
1: You got to be there, which was ideal.
2: Yeah, no, no. It was uh, it was it was almost weird to be able to rock up and be there. And I, uh, I, I thought, no, I'm going to given that neither of you guys were going to be there. I thought I'll try and catch up with Jay. Not uh, sure why with... either
1: of us being there would preclude you from doing that.
2: <laughs>
1: what do you mean? What?
2: I would have said hello if you were there, but you weren't. So, but I could... why
1: would that stop you from saying hello? Don't you sit with Jay?
2: No, I do, but in the, the current situation, you just buy your tickets independently and you end up wherever you end up. No, you, so can, we, buy,
1: no, you can buy them with him. You just put the barcode's no, in no, together. No, no.
2: Yeah, but we don't. We haven't coordinated that, so we'll be wherever we will be. And okay. So in the end, we, we were five aisles apart, and I thought oh, I'll, at some point I'll have to try and catch up with him. And uh, when I went in and about to get scanned and body scanned and all that sort of stuff, lo and behold, I'm standing behind Jay, Mick and Ethan, and it's like... Wowee! It was and meant to granted, be. It, granted, it wasn't a hundred thousand crowd, but um, it was ironic.
1: It was like a Cinderella moment. It fits.
0: Correct. How
2: exactly. lovely! Absolutely. Yes. And of
1: course, we are also joined by the big Fubuga He's taken a moment from his busy schedule, yelling at his children, to be with us. How are you going?
0: <laughs> Buonasera ragazzi. You're um, distracted by well. something. Is one of the children oh, okay,
1: asking okay. you for some?
0: Kelly is just poked her head in. I think she's trying to ask me a question, but uh,
1: I'm sure it was important.
0: Everything's important, Sean, when you've got a family. Eh, you know, you've got obligations. It's eh, called parenting. You say that. So, uh,
1: I don't know if that excuses the volume of yelling you direct your dear way, just for existing.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> I haven't. I've been a, a very, very, very calm individual, mm-hmm. Sean. So, um, no, it's been a a good week. <laughs> Sorry, Kelly's behind the door. <laughs> Making noises. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sorry.
1: I, I say again, it must, must have had something really important to tell you. <laughs> Kelly,
0: why don't you just come in? She's shouting out, Roid Rage Baby. <laughs> Can she hear what I'm saying? No, she can't hear what you're saying because I've got the headphones on. G- well,
1: but I it's agree funny with it.
0: You, you two are in sync.
1: Yep. I'll send her a text while you're rambling on about something else later and I'll tell her that, you know, I had a crack at you for yelling at the kids again. And she'll, probably, she'll, she'll probably oh, tell oh. me that you yelled at the kids several times today.
0: Oh, it's called parenting, Sean. I don't when, know if abusing your children the, is called parenting. To, no, no, no. I don't. When the kids need to be put into line, I put them into line. Savage. Damn it! I put them in the line.
1: Savage. Anyway. Mate, you're one phone call away from child protective services.
0: <laughs>
1: coming around. Uh, anyway, um, I ask you how you're going. You never answer me. So do we just I want just to skip that I'm thing? Go,
0: I'm, go, I'm, I'm going well. Had a good week. Had a good weekend. Um, had the uh, the boys had their school birthday party on Friday night, which was mm-hmm. a bit of a madhouse, and um, and we had to bring home and unwrap and put together about four hundred gifts. So it's been a, it's been an adventure. Put it that way.
1: It's one of put the most meandering stories I've ever heard, Timbo. It's extraordinary. Well, tell, tell us about your weekend, Sean. That's what everybody wants to hear. I've been in isolation for the last 13 hours because the Aspley Hornets are on a flight from Brisbane, which contained a COVID-infected uh, air steward. So uh, along with the rest of the Box Hill Hawks Match Day staff and whatnot, I've been in. I had to go get tested this morning. That was relatively pain-free. Had to sit around. Uh, got the test back. It's negative. That's a positive. For and, COVID, uh, what
0: about for <laughs> syphilis and everything else?
1: Inconclusive. <laughs> um, the test didn't come back for that one. But uh, so basically we're waiting now. I, have to, I can't go into work tomorrow because we need to wait for um, the other team's test to be negative.
2: The Green Hornets.
1: Yes. Um, but other than that, no, it's absolutely tremendous. It's really great. And you shaved go... your head, Sean. Shaved my head several months ago.
2: <laughs> Is that why every time I saw you, you were wearing a beanie? Well, he's he's never worn a beanie. Never worn a beanie.
1: Terribly. I don't know how Tim's powers of observations bode for the rest of the episode. He's never <laughs> well, seen me wearing a beanie.
0: <laughs> a cap, then.
1: No, I always wear a cap anyway.
0: Well, evidently, he's very. He's got a very steel side bottom look about
2: it. Fabian's him. got the much, worst. Sorry.
1: Fabian is the, when it comes to look-alikes, Timbo, Timbo does
2: you look side Fabian is the worst. When you said it, I looked at him and I thought you did look a lot like Let steel side-bottom. Let me explain this. Fabian's the
0: beard.
1: lack of imagination. Beard. Fabian's lack of imagination, whenever he does look-alikes, it's just dominating features. So if you had a beard, Tim, <laughs> and what else do you, and you look shaved your side-bottom? head, no, but like if you had a beard and you shaved your head, he'd go, you look like steel side-bottom. But for that shoe. And you're just like, well, do I? He'd be like, yeah, of you, of you do, though. You do. I look like Steel Sidebottom because I have a shaved head and a beard. It's not that I look no, like no, Steel Sidebottom. I just share two distinguishing features with him, which happen to be predominant features.
2: Which is why you look like him. <laughs>
0: Fucking
1: terrible
2: <laughs> idiots!
0: <laughs>
1: terrible.
0: Well, I don't understand what you don't get
1: because you if have the, the worst feature, this,
0: If you have the same dominating features, no, no, you no. Look like I it.
1: don't mean dominant. Like it's not facial structure, nose, yeah, but we're not eyes, etc. You just saying no? This is No, no
0: You're
2: honestly.
1: saying a passing resemblance. <laughs> Fabian's always like, oh, you look exactly like someone. Like that I didn't you saying exactly. say.
0: So basically, if I was wearing, I said, I said, the Ben Keys looks a little bit like Jack Grealish, and you gave me nothing
1: because he doesn't. At all?
0: Oh, no, you're a fucking he's, idiot! Once again,
1: he's got the same kind of hair, and that's it. He's, you, you could have just said he's got the same haircut as Jack Realish. and I'd be like, "He does. You're, you're correct. Not he looks like Jack Realish. because he doesn't. You're an idiot."
3: <laughs>
0: oh. I hope someone I hope someone on that flight comes back positive. Please, God. Please. What do you, well,
1: <laughs> I, well, actually, that doesn't bode well for me because Fabian will ring me another five times a day as I'm sitting around just waiting for the watching the clock. You rang me, what were you, what were you doing the other day? You rang me three times, and then you rang me again five minutes later after we'd spoken to I ask rang you went, about no, the Lyndhurst Carl's Jr. car park. We'd literally spoken yeah. not 140 seconds prior to that. Said, Tim, Good the conversation,
0: Tim, the conversation was, Sean <laughs> and I were discussing a certain Carl's Jr. restaurant. <laughs> mm-hmm. He didn't know the address. I hung up because I got to work. I went upstairs, I Googled it, and I rang him back to tell him was it this one? That mate, sounds reasonable. Mate, sounds, oh, everything's reasonable. It's just He's, got sure, the, he's very mate, unreasonable. I'm going to start, a, gonna start an calling man.
1: him Matt DeBoer because he has you got the are, hard you, tag. You he's got t- both arms around me at the stoppage. He's following me into the huddle, and then he's, taking, he's coming the into Ryan the halftime Crowley, with mate, me.
0: You've got, got the two sweatbands on? Yeah,
1: I go down into the halftime, the rooms. Fab's just with me. The coach well, goes, what, what are you what are doing you here?
0: Think- <laughs> If
2: you're wearing a navy blue jumper, you're not getting a uh, free kick from the umpires today, then, are you?
1: Beautiful segue, Tim. Um, we'll talk it's about today's game, which happened, to be, uh, <laughs> which happened to be, uh, which happened to be. I'm, I'm prickly because just the sight of Fabreguenouche is enough. I just want to leap. You through you the love me, so I oh, want to leap through the screen down, and I want to headbutt him because deep down, I don't know about you, Tim. You love me. Are you as miffed as I am about this fucking club of bullshit?
0: It's huge. It's I, gone absolutely off its chops. Well, as I said in the
2: text message today, I found out that uh, one of my under-13s players is a Club
1: of Ganoush member. Bang! You use the word <laughs> member very loosely. They're not getting anything for this membership. It doesn't well, entitle them to well, anything. Sure. Well, they, sure. they
2: beg to differ.
1: Are we going to have everybody. a barbecue? we Are going to have a Club of Ganoush barbecue, Fab? We get the critical mass of numbers and the barbecue is on. What's the critical mass? What's the number? Three. Oh. <laughs> what, what it, we, get we get 100 members. You're going to host 100 people at your house. At my
0: house? No, it would have been at a venue that's appropriate. At a venue.
1: You're going to rent this venue? Because you didn't want to get Junior a bloody T-shirt to wear on the out on the field, but you got to rent a venue with 100 people. In,
0: you wanted me to get a T-shirt done in 24 hours.
1: You wanted me to get a T-shirt done, and you're telling me you're sitting here. You couldn't even go and get Junior a T-shirt to mm-hmm. wear at the coin toss, and you're anyway, going to rent Sean, a venue for 100 people. Sean, What's going to happen at this Club of ganoush meeting? Listen to this.
0: Nick Webb, Ryan Gundry, Ash Gallagher, JB Gould, Idiots. Dom, Sputnik
1: 22 All of them. Marcus Craccini. Idiots. John Ryan. A lot of them.
0: Nick. Big he's idiot. A, uh, he's the T-Strain. He's a platinum member. The biggest he's idiot John, of Dave. Is- John Ryan from The Wedding Crashes, Dave, who's uh, not Ben Curry. He's a member. Uh, Terry from the Blue Abroad is a platinum member. Peter Carrick. Juniors, my Sergeant-at-Arms, people are signing up. What does this mean? Hey. You're not answering my question. Are you going to host a function? Everybody I've just read out have received their membership
1: package. No, they haven't. There is no membership package. We beg to differ. Show me the package
0: now. (laughs) That's not the first time you've asked me to do that, Sean.
1: I told you to put the package away.
0: If anybody wants a Club of Ghanoush, a lot of hashtags, Club of Ganoush. I think you should
1: host... 25, I the think, first 25 platinum members, the first 25 Club of Ganoush you members, should shut up. you should host them at your house and Anybody, you should actually give them something for their membership. And then, you know, the, Timbo and I can be, stand there and watch you be revealed will be, as be the fraud grilling, that mate. you are.
0: You'll be you'll be our little bitch grilling.
1: Well, while Tim, I go this is actually entirely consistent with the Club of, Club of Ganoush, seems insi- right. consistent with the Prendercast. I'll be running the show, so I'll be doing I'll everything I'll behind I'll the scenes to make sure it keeps going.
0: Officially welcome down new members. Now, if anyone wants a membership, it's free. All you have to do is request request it. Some people requested a platinum membership. They got a platinum membership. If you want a, a gold, triple star, standard membership, bang, you've got it. You want a reserve seat at what? Uh, frequent flyer membership? I don't give a shit. The Club of Ganoush is a club for the people, and the people are loving it. They don't and the, get the more for you it. get, shirty. The people love it even I more. I think
1: you should honour the first 25 Club of Ganoush members with a private barbecue at your house. I think that would be a really fitting way for you to honour these, the first 25 through the door. They're like the – like you know what they are, Timbo? They're like the, the soldiers on the beaches of Normandy. They're the first <laughs> the 25 ladies. on the beach. I we think you should are going honour them. To
0: have, we are going to have a celebration, Sean. You will be in attendance,
1: You, and sound, it's like the, be you, you sound like the mayor of Gotham City in Batman. You You're are gonna have a churchy. celebration.
0: You are shirty that you do all the work for this podcast. I do, and yet I'm loved
1: universally. You know, I'm loved. You, you know what I was most shirty about? Because I'm a man of the people. You know what I was most shirty about in the last week? This club isn't about
0: me. And this week you tried to make it about me. Shut this up. This club is about
1: all of us. Some guy got in touch with and us people and said, love it, Sean. "Shut up." Some guy got in touch with us and said, "Oh, Fobber made a really good point on the podcast. It was blah blah." I said, "That was Tim." That's right, I did. Regardless, it was of amazing, like Tim I made that point. <laughs> And you're like people are like, oh, I made an excellent point on the podcast. No, he didn't. <laughs> it was, that was Tim. Hold on, that was uh, Club Ganoush member Peter Carrick yeah, who so, joined up on the pretense of you making good points, which he's attributing to Tim. Because people love me, Sean. Because I'm not pretentious
0: like yourself, mate. The club is about all of us.
1: Like I said, host a barbecue. I'll be there. You're not invited. You have to sign up. Good. I don't want to be there. <laughs>
0: Sounds like you do. I don't. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> Sean, you are so bum hurt that this has got legs. I
1: think Box Hill are playing so that. So anyone,
0: Dad. just drop me a, a tweet <laughs> hashtag Sean Talks, <laughs> requesting any type of membership you want,
1: and bang, you're in. Send us photos of your Club of Ganoush memberships. You know, no, Sean, sign up and you might get a membership pack. You might send us photos of your Club of Ganoush cards, and we'll uh, we'll republish them. I'll get people to take
0: photos with their Club of Ganoush. Membership cards?
1: Please. I'd like to see them. (laughs) Sign up and you might get one. I'll retweet them. I'm going to cut all this out. Um, (laughs) We're going to go on to the review of the match now uh, because I don't know why we delayed talking about a win. Jesus Christ. Usually we do everything to avoid talking about a loss. We just rabbited on about a fake fan club for about eight minutes.
0: It's not fake, Sean. Deal with it.
1: I wish I could mute you.
0: You can. You've got the switchboard now. No, there. but I'd mute Tim as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're coming in on one channel, are we?
1: Yes. You'd know this if you knew how the podcast worked. Um, I don't have to know. Sure. Today's win, Timbo. You were at the venue. Can you describe the atmosphere for those of us who were in isolation and in Fab's case, too lazy <laughs> to leave the house?
2: It was – I think it was just weird. I think it had been such a – I mean, we obviously went to a, you know, a few games very early in the season, but having missed a year of footy prior to it, on uh, on the back of you know low numbers um, and and sort of you know plenty of space it was it was quiet like you heard everything we, we had one idiot supporter behind us who was he a dead set he commentated the whole bloody game but it sounds was like just a club
1: a, of ganoush member it
2: was it was a tirade of abuse predominantly against Ray Ray Chamberlain which in itself was fair enough but uh, um, but no it was nice to be there it was uh, good to be able to and, and you sort of talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, in the year where you could actually sort of see the way that we were setting up behind the ball and not just, you know, the window that you see on the screen and you get a better appreciation for, you know, when we're set up well and when we're not and when they're going to take advantage of us and vice versa. So, um, yeah, it was nice to watch live footy at the highest level and feel like you were really close to the action.
1: I think that what's frustrating for a lot of Carlton fans, and we saw it on full display today, was that when we get it right, which is all too fleeting... We are Correct. capable of some amazingly good football. We play a really ballistic, like neutron bomb style of footy in the second quarter, kicks kick eight goals. Seemingly yep. out of nowhere, seemingly with the opposition completely powerless to stop what we're doing and how we're doing it, whilst it was fast and it was free-flowing and there was some chaos to it, it wasn't completely in chaos, which we seem to rely no. on far too often.
2: Yeah, it was, it was certainly, it was ball movement. He was trying to, you know, flick the ball through the hands to be able to get somebody on the outside and running and clear. And then when we had a chance to be able to sort of try and hit up leads on the forward line and all that sort of stuff, it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, there were some good decisions made and we hit a lot of targets. It was, again, it was a welcome change.
1: We're going to stay with you, Timbo, because I don't want to hear Fabian's voice tonight. Um, that's a joke. That's a laugh. Fabian gives me nothing. You throw to me, Sean, and I'm ready, mate. Okay. You coming Born ready. We're coming. We're coming for you now. You ready? Alright. Yeah. <laughs> We're coming for you now. It's coming in hot, yeah? Yeah. Okay. You're sitting down, handball. are you ready to go? <laughs>
0: You're an idiot. Uh, it felt
1: at times a little bit like the Bulldogs game in the sense that we'd done so well and we played so well to get ourselves into a winning position. But like that day against the dogs, we, we seemed to go back into our shelves and we just we didn't seem to have that uh, not not I'm gonna use the this guy is the closer, but, you know, that Mariano Rivera, the guy who just comes out and the guy, or guys, who just know what to do, slow the game down, get on in our terms, keep their head, be confident enough in their ability to keep playing the style of football we need to play to land the knockout blow. It, that, that was probably the biggest takeaway from me that you went, don't fritter all this good work away.
0: Yeah, and it's not just slowing the game down to a complete walk and inviting the pressure. It's about controlling the tempo, you can't burn yourself out. And I think we, we looked out on our feet in the third quarter and less so in the last, but I just think it's that we need to know how to control the tempo of the game because we are not fit enough to obviously play that ballistic brand of footy all the time. And when we can, like you said, that patch in the second quarter, when it, when it clicks, we go and it looks great. But we just we were the worst red-time team in the competition because I think it's a fitness issue. But to negate that, we need to be able to control the game better. I think the Bulldogs game was more of a... When they started coming, I think we kind of pooped our pants a little bit. Yeah, I, I
2: felt today like we were still a side that um, don't have full command and control over how to win. And, uh, and 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 I, I thought you know we we queued up to be able to ice the game and, uh, and we had the and chances just, though Tim, which is encouraging. Oh, look, yeah, you, as you say, unless you create the chances, it's um, you know that that that's a positive thing. Ironically, um, and, and I'm not I I look at my phone to sometimes see stats and usually because I'm having a bet and got somebody under or over a certain number or whatever else, but uh, or check how many free kicks have been given. Um, But it was like the 22-minute mark and there was two minutes of game time to play. And it was like there must have been so few goals kicked in the final quarter. Uh, There was stuff all time on at all. And I, I don't know what the final... Time was for the, the the last quarter, but it must have only gone for about twenty five minutes. Which, you know, you were sitting there and 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 you kind of thought, well, if we've got eight minutes of free to go, we're cooked. We we won't hang on exactly. Yeah. And then and the next thing you know, you look at it and there was a minute fifty left, and we're up by twelve points or something like that. So eleven points. So
1: um, ultimately, though, the, like I mentioned you know the the potential to maybe fritter away a game that we'd done enough to win, which would have been an, just a tragedy. The biggest takeaway from the game for me, and it will be interested to your, hear your thoughts, Timo, as somebody who was at the venue. It's an indictment on the Carlton Football Club how long we've spent lamenting what certain players can't do instead of what they can do. Um, uh, couldn't agree more. Samo has been derided, oh, he doesn't kick the ball far enough. His first half, and look, he did peter out in the second, but his first half was magnificent. Um, yeah. Paddy Dow was great today. He's... he's His hands in tight, his ability to release the contest, to keep his feet, to hit targets in close, phenomenal. Um, Mr. Kennedy had another good game, again playing on the ball, uh, and perhaps the most um, derided player of all at Carlton, Mr. Plough, uh, came (laughs) back and showed everyone exactly what his value to the team is when he does play. He was exceptional. All those guys and more have got various knocks on them, which have either precluded them from getting over with our fan base or getting a game full stop. When deployed in their proper position, Tim, all of them stood up.
2: There was there was a bit of play today, uh, and I do agree with everything that you said. There was a bit of play today where Plowman laid a tackle on um, Darcy Fogarty, and uh, he just absolutely monstered him. And, and Razor Ray took his sweet time to be able to pay holding the ball, but... You just sat there and, you know, any anybody that wants to deride Lockie Plowman, again, they come in with a predetermined idea of the guy and they're kind of waiting for him to make an error and go see his rubbish. In the meantime, he's just racking up highlight after highlight after highlight his defensive actions and the way that he sets up and the way that he links out of defence and uses the footy and all that sort of stuff. He's he's a pretty decent footballer. And, you know what was uh, telling,
1: though? We, you spoke about the setting up. It's no coincidence that he comes back into the team and Jones and Wietering have their better games for, for a couple of weeks.
2: Agreed. Agreed. Oh, I, think, I think he provides a balance and a confidence and knows that you're going to have that third man up. It means that they can fly for their marks or or, or grapple with their opponent. No, they're not going to give up a free kick, but know that they don't have to impact the play directly. Um, but geez, when they did, uh, and those two big boys, they were, um, you know, Jones in particular, you know, and, and I didn't yeah. give him votes in the first instance, mainly because I sat there and thought, look, Riley Thilthorpe was the, you know, second best player in the draft, and he'd played a stellar game uh, the hit out prior against St Kilda, and clearly he, he's, he's, he's going to be a footballer of, of note into the future. But I kind of thought, look, he's a first year player. Jones has slaughtered him, and, and I just sort of thought, maybe the bar just isn't set as high as we'd like to. And these young guys, you know, they don't play brilliantly every single game. They're not Sam Walsh. Um, but, you know, when they're having their good games, they're very good, but they will come back to the field on occasion. So on that basis, I didn't initially rate Liam Jones's game as high as I think I should have because I kind of thought he was doing it a bit easier, and I thought the impact from other guys was a little bit... Greater, but I think I've done him a bit of a disservice not to be able to recognise what he's done. You've done him dirty so. too.
1: You've done him dirty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I thought, Jacob Weedering had a good game, but if votes are going to one and the other, it's Jones.
2: No, I get it. I get it. But look, you know, equally, you know, Adelaide Tex, Tex do, slipped.
0: Tex slipped Weeders a few times, especially a couple, after a couple of times. But
2: Weetering owned him for a lot of the game. They, they play through Tex and. And he didn't allow him much at all. Like he had seven shots on goal to kick three goals four, but as good of a uh, kick of a footy as what Tex is, there are instances where you know he shouldn't have been having shots on goal where he was. He should have been centering it to other people. But he's kind of got he's got his license to be able to kick from anywhere. But you know they were going to have to be sort of absolute top shelf goals to be able to. Score or get close. Yep. Um, and he probably missed one that he should have kicked. But late in the game, when the game was on the line, you know, he, he kicked a couple of nice goals that kept him in it and gave us a bit of a fright. But I reckon Weathering had him well covered for m- most of the day. And uh, and Tex was flat out chasing him half the time and blowing up.
1: There is a bit of that about what's happening at the moment, Fab. I will agree. He's just held up uh, <laughs> Abe Froman, <laughs> the waffle king. Froman, the, the waffle, waffle king, king of, of Donvale. Donvale. Um, yeah, I think, I think, as I said, I think uh Ganush and I are, for the first time tonight, in furious agreement that, um, Wietering was fine, like, he, he played, he played, had some really nice moments, but, yeah. whoa, he's, he's fucking, giving Jonesy short shrift. Um... I think that uh, the thing about Mr Plough's game, potentially, Fab, uh, to, needs to be touched on with regard to his influence on Jones and Weetering. Maybe it's just a communic... Do you want to make more fucking noise in the background there, Tim? If it's at all possible? I'm, Do you want to I'm rustle holding, around a little bit more?
2: I'm just holding up the cocksucker side. <laughs> Is there a
1: mirror? <laughs> um, maybe it's communication. Yeah. What Plough helps out with down there more than anything. Organisation, communication, and, and all Structure. that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. He, um... I think he allows Jonesy that freedom to move around without that thought in the back of his mind of of other people to lock down. So I think when Jonesy plays with the freedom he did today, he's nearly unstoppable.
1: We speak we call, about good Eric Bailly. He was Rio Ferdinand yeah. today. <laughs> he can
0: be a bad Eric Bailly at times, but he was he was very good today. Um, but with Plough... but. And this is a thing that people don't appreciate with Plough. Plough led the team today in disposal efficiency. So all every, he's got this kind of stigma that he, that he butchers it and makes mistakes and whatever. He's, kicking, he's a, kicking efficiency or his disposal efficiency is in the high 80s, team high. I think it's when and he, when he weeks, turns it over, it's bad. Two weeks he wasn't there. Three weeks. He's also, he's also in a position where if, if you make a mistake – you get punished. No, well, his, so. his
1: errors are, are usually, and, and you've spoken about it in the past, I'm a, I'm a Lucky Plowman fan, but I, I, will, you know, I will call a spade a spade if he makes an error. As you said, by virtue of the area on the field he's playing, oftentimes his errors are really quite obvious and really quite sort of jarring mm. um, if he commits a disposal uh, error. But, um, look, we don't want to sort of labour on that too much. Um, I do have a bit of a segue for us now to briefly, before we get onto the game itself. The MGA traffic.
3: Big question.
1: Yeah. So the news out of this week, which was most noteworthy, of course, was the recommitting Patrick Cripps to the football club, sign a six-year deal. Uh, Tom Brown said it was uh, $8 million a year, um, but it's generally believed that it's closer to $750. Uh, just get to you, you boys. Uh, thoughts or opinions on Cripps re-signing, the term, the length, the money? I am
0: I'm thrilled that he has... Resigned. Um, I think a lot of people were starting to, as you've pointed out before on pod, Sean, that they're starting to prepare for him leaving. And you know, for getting the footballer that he is and has the potential to continue to be. But um, look, I'm happy that he's resigned. I'm not worried about the the numbers. I'm not the club accountant. As long as they know what they're doing, then I'm sure everything will be okay. But six years is. Is a long time. Could a I play devil's advocate?
1: A lot of chat online about this, and, and Ash Gallagher was one who said this and echoed my sentiments uh, almost exactly. As soon as Cripps signs or, or wants to commit for four years, which gets him to 30, the likelihood of him t- tacking on another two are pretty high. Yeah. So the, the, the length of the contract, as soon as he determines four years as a starting point... Well, you're probably signing one more to get you to 32 anyway. You're probably not going back to Perth, particularly on you know, huge Messiah money at 30. So we no. probably rationalised and the club probably rationalised. As soon as you commit to stay, you're probably staying for a minimum six anyway. And that's probably a sensible but approach.
0: But with its two years that would be tacked on, which I totally agree with, would they command the money?
1: You he's
0: getting in this six-year bracket.
1: Could you you argue that the first four are unders?
0: I don't know, a number. Well,
2: well, if the number, as you say, is four and a half over six, so you're looking at 750 a year, well, theoretically, you could be saying he's actually on 900, 900, 900, 600, 600, 600. And for where where the salary cap is going to be... um, certainly by the end of that period, you're going 600 for a player of his calibre, if he's still anywhere near his best, is going to be pretty good. Mm. Didn't
0: Collingwood get caught out by that?
2: Do but they were at a higher figure they're, again. They were a million a year at seven, and Brody Grundy seemed like he was playing selfish footy to be able to get his super coach score up and and wasn't, um, wasn't necessarily helping the team, even though his super coach score was pretty impressive.
1: Is that all we've got to say about that?
2: Well, apparently I was
0: waffling before, so I sure as hell I'm not gonna to go too far
1: now. <laughs> no,
0: I, I look, I don't I don't think we can read too much negatively into it. I think it's a it's a it's a good news story for the club. I think we're all rapt to have him commit. Hopefully it's a a mental burden that just you know, a weight that's gonna be lifted off his shoulders and hopefully Is he it, puts that behind him. He he's, he's a he's a very professional. Football. He's not the type that now that he's got his cash, to kind of dip in form. So, I think it's going to be a weight off his shoulders. I think you might see a, a, a more free Patrick Cripps. Hopefully. I agree. And he's a big figure around the club.
2: He's a, he's a big uh, talisman for the team. And I think to be able to get him locked away, locked away for a period of time, let him be able to settle down and and you know ensure that he is primarily leading the team preparing himself, leading the team and helping us be the best that we can be, it's its the best outcome for the Carlton Football Club that it was probably even longer than we thought it was going to be.
1: The second big question comes in the form of <clears throat> the review, which we are led to believe begins tomorrow, Tim. Um, somewhat concerningly, some some information's come to light, obviously, in this COVID world, which I have become wrapped up in in the last 12 <laughs> hours, um, that it will actually be conducted largely remotely, I think. Graham Lowe is in New Zealand, I think, and obviously Pav is in Perth. Yep. That's not great. No. If you're conducting a review, you, you do need to be on the ground. You do need to be a fly on the wall. You do need to be really up close and seeing the inner workings of the club, you know, behind the curtain, Fab. It's, for me, I don't know, I sort of heard that and thought, it's a reality of what's happening at the moment, but I, I just don't think it's actually going to allow the review to be worthwhile.
0: When I heard this, uh, I I didn't know about the New Zealand element. I knew I heard that you know Pav could be conducting his his piece of work remotely, and I'm thinking I don't know why my mind flashed back to Russell Crowe and the Gladiator. You need to, you know, he gets the soil before every battle, rubs it in his hands, gives it, like you're going to be in the environment. Leave the movie.
1: Comment. Leave the movie metaphors up to me, Fab. You that's what you've shots. got. If that's what you've got to offer. <laughs>
3: Father of a murdered husband. Father of a
1: murdered husband. (laughs) (laughs) What's the line again? Ridley, what's the
0: line? Father of a murdered son, husband of a murdered wife.
1: Owner of an old Commodore.
0: (laughs) And I will have my vengeance.
1: And I will have my vengeance as soon as this car stops idling.
0: (laughs) So, um, yeah, I just don't think, like you said, you, you, you don't get the feel of the place. And, you know, when we discussed, you know, Aaron Hamill said when he walked into St Kilda, he could just, he knew instantly why they had that losing culture. He felt it straight away. If, if, he, if we're not having these people actually, I thought they'd be set up at the club, yeah. as in daily checking in.
1: It was soaked into the um, walls. I think there was a story at St Kilda where the old Moorabbin, um <laughs> there was like a door that just led to like a 15-metre drop. <laughs> so it's like a, it was like an office block, and at the far far end of the, the office block, at the now that obviously the, the facility out there is really good, but before it was derelict and run down, you'd just be walking along a hallway, and if you were new to the joint, you'd open a door and it would just like just deposit you a, on the pavement a, below. It was, it was
2: a metaphor within itself. <laughs> it was unbelievable.
1: I thinking, I think there was also an exposed like uh, a big big uh, exhaust fan. And if you walked past it when it was when it wasn't working, it would it would, that would singe you. <laughs> oh, it was brilliant. Um, I actually have a question for you guys. I was thinking about this. This is uh, just between me and you. Which, of course, again, um, I'm single-handedly You're the only one doing it. Single-handedly keeping alive. It, it, it seemed like a winning segment, but um, you know, if you two don't want to support it, I'm going to have to do it on my own. But I was thinking. I told spoke to Fab about this during the week, Tim and. You know what I would do. Our leadership is clearly a problem. On the field, off the field, guys feeling comfortable within themselves to hold their teammates to account, to you know run a tight ship, to be mates, but at the same time you know show tough love when they need to. You know who I would ring. Fab already knows this. I've spoken to him about it. I would ring the great man, Roy Maurice Keane, and say, Keno. Just legitimately, let's, can, we, can our guys pick your brain about just being uncompromising, just being on all the time, being demanding, you know, what, what does your attitude need to be? Because this guy, not the most we're talented. Hand,
2: we're, we're handing the Zoom details around to every man and his dog. We may as well send it his way as well. But I, I think Sean's got a, a
0: good point because not only was he a ruthless competitor and leader, when you hear him talk about his very early days, especially at Forest, and, you know, he may have not have done all the correct things as a professional. No, I'm not talking about field. I'm talking about, you know, you know, he tells the story, you know, about having a kebab before an FA Cup game against Crystal Palace. A
1: donna kebab.
0: A donna <laughs> kebab. <laughs> Worked for Nick Dugan in the all um, Final. <laughs> you, kind of, you kind of have to know both sides of the, um, of the spectrum. That's not a saying, but... Um, but you need, to, you know, a bit of balance and I think he could bring that, knowing where players could start at or where they are, and what it takes to become
1: But he's an interesting champion, one too, Fab, because he he obviously came through he wasn't like those Gary Neville's, David Beckham's, Ryan Giggs, those guys that came through the system and had it entrenched into them. He came from another environment, a different environment. Mm. And he immediately not only did he buy into, but he drove what yes, it had yes. to become and needed to be. And then even after he left, his influence was still there on the yes. players I, I that think, it's made I with him. I think
2: you're right. Those culture makers, and when the, when the culture is something that you can absolutely put up on a pedestal uh, and who can, who can dictate and shape the way an organisation wants to be, whether it be sporting organisation or otherwise, those people... are. Uh, yeah you know, they are like gold so as you say with whoever you want to be able to um assist in driving that culture whether it's you know external consultant to better help our leaders you know lead and be better and all that sort of stuff any assistance that we can get would be sensational
1: i just think a lot of australian clubs always they just go a bit they get a guy that's a good leader or might have interesting things to say i just reckon and i'm not talking as a united fan i reckon this guy could potentially be an untapped. Just his mindset was just unbelievable, Ooh. and it's exactly what we need. I'm not saying go, but I just think he's an interesting guy to kind of for a club like this to not think he's ungettable, to not think. Oh, I, right. He would never do something like that. You're like, I don't. It's, I don't, not, it's don't
0: not Michael. It's not like you're trying to get Michael Jordan. I like
1: I reckon, I reckon he might be to sit on a Zoom call with a bunch of guys and just have a chat about leadership. Yeah. You're like. Mm. Why wouldn't he be potentially interested in doing that? Do me a favour. Do me a favour, Yorval. Um, <laughs> obviously, as I woke up Tim and I had designs on going to the game today, that changed at about 8.30, um, I thought, what do I so want who to see contacted today? contacted you, Sean? Did you get a text or a <laughs> phone call? No, the, someone contacted the club and said, uh, so we got a group text with all the, the club and just said, look, we've got to go pretty quickly. We've got to act on this now and get out in front of it. Um so we had to go, you know, move pretty quickly to get it done. But what did I want to see? And I only had one today. This is a winnable game. We're playing at home. I wanted, I wanted to, see, to see the game. I wanted to see the game. I wanted to go to the game. I wanted to sit there and see it myself. <laughs> um, that was snatched away from me. No, I wanted to see some wanton desire. We've it. been through the ringer. We've had our, you know, asses put to the fire for so long, Tim. I just wanted the boys to go out there and show us they wanted it.
2: No, I agree 110%. It was uh, – and, and you know, there was the instance when uh, Darcy Fogarty, um, you know, tried to destroy Jacob Wietering and the response he afterwards – his spine. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, he – you know, the response from the players, you know, they went mm-hmm. – they kind of probably almost went too
0: far, but it was absolutely justified in the situation. So um, that wasn't the only one either. The one on – when Walsh got the handball to – Zach Williams for a goal. Yep. Um, I don't think a few people weren't happy with the treatment on Walsh after he gave the handball, and we kind of—I like the remonstration and the standing up for your, your teammates. It. Have it, to do it, it. It, it. We were invested. Yeah. We were invested. Yeah. Well, as it was, the ball
2: went through, and then there was a—you know, there was a bit of push and shove, and somebody pushed Jack Martin clean over, um, and it should have been a free kick. Like it, there should have been an additional shot. To Jack Martin at that, see, that point. So that actually,
1: I'll have to take your word, because that was on, on the coverage. We didn't actually we saw the aftermath. Yeah, we well, actually... it,
2: was right, it was right in front of me. It was down my end. And uh and to watch it, it was it wasn't just you know, he he didn't dive or anything, it was a really aggressive action. And you just sort of thought it, it's one of those things when everyone is in tight and they're grappling and pushing and showing you can't actually see anything. Umpires will never pay it. But you know, when you get that high tackle or the guy that gets slung out, you know, and it's so clear and so, so obvious. It may not be the worst thing that's happened in the, in the, you know, the situation, but it's the easy free kick to give. And it's, and and it annoys me that it does happen because I reckon it means that the umpire is doing half a job, but it was an obvious free kick for any one of those three Muppets to be able to pay. And he didn't pay it, and and again, you know, we, we don't get anything, we don't expect to get anything. But for all the other crap that gets paid throughout the game, to me, I thought that was an easy one that we should have been given. The fact that I'd also back Jack Martin to kick two goals, and he was on one, I was desperate for that. But uh, he's got <laughs> two. Based on, you on that, under, in, yeah.
1: based on that, timber, I'm surprised you didn't run out on the field and take the whistle. Go on, there, hey, <laughs> it's a free kick. <laughs> okay, it's a free kick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a free kick.
3: <laughs>
1: um, what did you make if of you that, could, Fab? We could have
0: an entire podcast of you just randomly just pushing that button and asking giggly. giggling. It's brilliant. Correct. Correct.
1: Do you want to answer that question, Fab? What did you make of it? The want and desire? Yeah,
0: no, I, I, I thought the the effort and desire was there. I think we dropped off purely in moments in the game because we were a bit gassed. Um, it, it appeared to me that we, we were... We were on, our efforts were there. We wanted to do the right thing. Everyone looked like they wanted to be involved. But like Samo, not everyone could go for four quarters. And um, we had those lapses where we, we, the third quarter got me especially because we just looked absolutely cooked. Like I expect that in the last, but the third quarter, we looked like we ground to a halt in the third. And especially coming off that second quarter where I thought, we're bouncing here. We're bouncing. I was expecting come out after halftime, get a break. We might run out of gas in the last quarter, but bring that continue, you know, continue into the third. And we, we kind of did it. But I did love the effort and application that we, we showed today, um, earlier today.
1: They obviously would have made a point be, be, be of tackling the and the like. And, and that was clearly better than it has been in recent weeks. That attack on the man and attack on the ball was uh, noticeably more, you know, was noticeably more intent to that, which was good.
2: Yeah, and look, just on Fab's point before, um, at the ground because because you get sort of turnover and um, ball goes back down the other way, and how are you set up behind the ball? Have you have you overcompensated in trying to get forward and attack and not left enough um, behind the ball to be? You know, if the ball does come back really quickly, there were very few opportunities where it felt like we were um, caught out. Um, so on tally it might have looked at, time, at times like we were running, but we always sort of had structure there and available. So as a supporter, you never felt like oh, Adelaide's got a hold of us here or, or we feel looks, looks vulnerable or anything. At least that's the way that it felt for me. I always sort of felt like we were clear and in control and our ability to be able to win contest and get it clear and use it well. I always sort of thought we'd always find the additional score that we needed. Um, and it didn't feel like we ran out of puff today. But, again, maybe that's the difference between watching it on telly and um, and and watching it live. So um, I, I was always really comfortable with the boys today after, you know, after quarter time.
1: It's actually a bit of a heartlet handball. You mentioned there feeling comfortable about getting the score we needed. It did very much feel like we just needed one more stop in the sense right. that one more goal, we get a goal. And my heartlet handball for this week was after all of what we've been through in the last little while. There was a really important moment sort of late in the game. Jacob Weidering uh, wins a one-on-one against Tex. Deep, a really crucial one-on-one clean mark. We transition the ball up the field and Mackay takes a phenomenal contested mark. Yeah. Unfortunately, he misses the set shot. But I thought to myself, that's, that's the, the bedrock of our team. That's yep. the future right there. That's what a lot of these other teams do not have.
0: They were, they were vice-like hands, weren't they? It was just... He clunked it. It was just a heavy clunk. Loved it.
1: Absolutely. And going back
0: on the tackles, we didn't have, like, astronomical numbers in tackles, but... And a lot of people, a lot of lazy analysts will look at tackle numbers. Oh, you know, they only had X amount of tackles this week, you know, and their pressure was off. Sometimes tackles... You don't have to lay a tackle to apply good pressure. Yeah. So, um, and I thought our pressure, as opposed to our tackles, was 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 good today.
1: That sounds like a pre. Uh, that sounds like a bit of a chicken salad. So we'll get it into that now. Um, we obviously mentioned a few things in passing, so we, we won't um, you know, back over those again. But the the second quarter was outstanding. That's arguably the best footy we've played, uh, alongside the the Bulldogs game this year. Um, and and to do it so ballistically and so impressively was great, ultimately set up the win. Uh, You know, Weeders and Jones were really, really good. As we mentioned, those two twin towers down in defence really held us up and um, kept us strong, supported ably by Lockie Plowman. Uh, Special mention to Liam Stocker as part of that quartet a a couple of times, did some really clean, hard, physical work in close to distribute, to diffuse, get the ball out. Thought he had a good day. Um, We obviously want to touch on, we mentioned him a bit, but... I don't know about you guys watching Samo today, particularly in that first half. I was actually just getting angry, yeah, at why yeah. we've wasted this guy. And if nothing else, it actually it? it actually ma- it actually it, it made me so annoyed because all I could do was sit there and think the way this guy's playing is actually making David Teague's the last eighteen months of his tenure a waste of time.
2: A little bit, not yeah, just yeah, Sammo, not
1: just Samo individually. But you're like, this is just one of a number of things we've been doing pointlessly for 18 months.
2: Yeah, the, yeah. the method. The method has been flawed. It was. Go, go Timber. Sorry. You yeah, no, you're right. The, the method has been flawed. We've stuck too long with playing players not in positions of strength. And when you get the opportunity to be able to revert to what they know and do well, you just sit there and you go, you know, we use the line all the time it's the David King, it's your one word. Just let them let them play to their strengths, do it right. It's your one you,
0: <laughs> you got to do give it a crack to You've got to do the king. You can't, you can't leave it all to me and Sean. we so the abuse I online.
2: <laughs> I'll leave the pure old to you guys. I'm a little bit uh, more uh, highbrow than that. <laughs> Are
1: you? When I watch yeah. Carlton, all I want to see from them is I want to see them be shit. <laughs>
0: now, with Samo, see, unlike, you know, Bryce Gibbs and, and you know, to a lesser extent, um, Scotland before him, you can't just take good ball users and good readers of the plate and throw them behind the ball. The idea is okay. The idea behind, all right, we'll try Samo off a half back. But when you see that clearly, the defensive side of it bothers him, and it you're has not to get, be able to defend. Yeah, yep. You go okay. Well, this isn't working. Not he is a bust. This experiment, the, this style of him as a defender, yeah, is a bust.
1: And that's what I think so, people get wrapped up in, don't they? That's a really good point. We waste him and stall his development and stick him at the arse end, you know, in, in defence, which plays into our opponent's hand because they just want to have him as a small defender close to goal. Like, you're just giving them a really sort of salivating matchup. But there was a couple of times where he, one in particular, where he burst through the ground and hit up McCoy, I think it was. And you go, that's what you should be doing. That's, that's your strength. You know, that's your one word. Now, as we said, that's what you getting the ball and distributing cleanly, we get so caught up in, oh, well, he, 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 oh he's playing shit. And you go, yeah, because he shouldn't be in defence.
0: Yeah, mm. that's right.
1: It doesn't mean that he's no good. It just means that this role does not suit him. The fact that we persisted with it and the, oh, the weak source David Teague in the coverage today when he said, oh, you know, we wanted him to be like an Andrew McLeod. And you're like, Andrew McLeod was a really, really strong – he wasn't – express but he was had a bit of pace he wasn't lightning quick but he had a bit of pace but he was built really solidly that's a like they're not the same type of player
2: no
1: so going oh you're going to do the Andrew McLeod thing you're like that's a, bit, up a lazy comparison because profile. Well, you're not the same sort of player <laughs> that's like that's like coming <laughs> oh, to me yeah. and going well you know we want you to play like Aaron Hamill you're going, but I'm incredibly soft steel side bottom shot i'm incredibly soft i can't play like <laughs> aaron howell um
2: I've, I've i've told this story on pod before but one year on the draft going back 20 years ago um cameron faulkner got drafted by the western bulldogs and cameron faulkner was an indigenous boy coming out of i think south australia and he got he got drafted at like pick 65 and uh and they turned the shifter and say tell us about cameron faulkner he goes is the next Andrew McLeod. And you're going, if he's going to be the next Andrew McLeod, he's taken at pick one or pick two and nowhere else. <laughs> when you're taking him at pick 65, on tipping he's not going to quite hit those dizzying heights. I can't believe
0: he was there. You can't believe he was there at 65.
1: Can't I can't believe we passed <laughs> on him three times. He's still there. And, and,
2: and in the end, he had a really nice little career. I don't know. He might not have played 50 games. I, I don't want to... I don't want to tarnish his reputation he might even be better than what that. Was, what but was his name? Yeah, we exactly right. His name was Cameron Faulkner. You can uh, you can let us know how he went but uh, but yeah, you just at that moment as soon as he said it you're going, "Oh my god, you've just killed the kid."
1: That's <laughs> one of my favorite things about Draft Night when they go to shifter. Who incidentally I see walking around Doncaster. He lives in the area. Uh, I see him every there so you often. Go. Um but that's one of my favourite things about draft night. They'll go to someone and be like, tell us a bit about uh, Fabian Guadagnolo out of Parade College. And they don't just go, look, I'm going to be brutally honest. Shit. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no strengths. Can't, can't, I honestly <laughs> don't can't even can't know why they picked him. Can't run. Hands are terrible. Um, couldn't hit the side of a barn. I, I'm you, not even sure why they picked him. Uh,
2: he can cook the <laughs> when, um, when they drafted Colin Sylvia... And Colin Sylvia was taking it like pick three or whatever. And good player, had a nice career. They go, he's a cross between Michael Voss and Mark shooter <laughs> Jesus, God, Christ! can not put any pressure on the kid at all, please.
1: Poor Colin, poor Colin, no longer with us, sadly.
2: No, yes, I, just, so. I did know it's... that.
1: Yeah, um,
2: Karen Faulkner played eighteen games. Jeez, he you gave, gave him thirty-two games. Series.
0: He was drafted at number 17, Timbo. Stop it. <laughs> he Stop was a first rounder. <laughs> Please. He was drafted, 2002 National AFL Draft number 17. Really? Which had been traded by St. Kilda for Luke Perry. Luke Perry. Luke Perry, the actor? Luke Perry with that, that eyebrow. <laughs> Dylan. 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 From 90210. <laughs>
1: We've drafted Dylan from 90210. <laughs> He's Brandon's mate. That's who we're going to draft. Iron Zyring with our next pick. <laughs>
2: The fact that his name is Iron and not Ian still well, freaks
1: me out. it is Ian, but he just wants you to say Ian.
0: Wasn't yeah. the girl he was involved with, wasn't she like 20 years older than the rest of them? Yeah, I the, think so. The editor of the newspaper. Zuckerman or whatever. Yeah, her name yeah, was yeah,
1: it. yeah, yeah. Andrea Zuckerman. Yeah, she yeah. was the, the editor of the paper. She looked like she was about 40.
0: Yeah, Gabrielle yeah. Katira. or whatever her
2: yeah, name was. It's else. like,
1: just cast kids. It's far more believable. Yeah. Jenny
0: Garth was uh, married to the guy from uh, Twilight, Peter Fascinelli.
1: Yeah. yeah, what a weirdo. Yeah, weirdo. Yeah. Um, we'll get back to 90210. We've got yeah, a 90210. Yeah, <laughs> beautiful segue. We've got a 90210 <laughs> <laughs> retrospective pod coming out soon.
3: We're going to go through an episode by episode.
2: Join the fake fan club. We're going
1: to go to the Peach Pit. <laughs> We're going to have ourselves a couple of pops. Um, Ahmed Saad, as you call him, Timbo. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know, I know. Can we stop? Seriously. What's his, I don't even know the guy's first name, Hind. Nick Hind, look, yeah, tidy, yeah, exactly. tidy little player. They've got good value for money out of him. Yep. That's fine. They are not in the same class, no. Adam Sardin and, and Nick Hind. And they're just
0: embarrassing themselves. They're just embarrassing themselves.
1: Just they, they themselves. Nick Hind, they just need to stop. Saad's ball use today, it, it, made, it, me, it made me erect.
2: And, and the goal that he kicked <laughs> and the speed at which it went from one end to the other, it was, you just sit there and you're going, the ball doesn't travel through the middle of the ground with that sort of speed by any other player anywhere in the competition. And again, like, Timbo... He is, he is the unicorn.
1: Again, Timbo... Allowing, we've spoken about this in the past with Saad, allowing him to run in straight lines. How much more effective is he when he can actually take 10 or 15 or 20 metres by foot and then kick the ball?
2: He's a tsunami. When he gets it and he goes, it is... Like, again, you can have your Nick Hines till you're blue in the face, but if you if you gave me 100 chances of having either Adam Saad or Nick Hind on my list...
1: By about chance four... But by my chance four, I'd be saying the next ninety-six are going the same way. I'm taking Sad.
2: I'm taking Sad. Because <laughs> I don't know why you're gonna ask me this <laughs> another ninety-six times.
1: I am taking Sad. <laughs> For the eighty-fifth time, Nick Hind is not my pick. <laughs> and there's uh, nothing
0: there's nothing like a running goal just to get the juices flowing. And his his goal in the first kind of uh got us moving. Well, we I mean, and, and, and we hadn't been it' no. been especially
2: horrible, like it, there was a few forward entries, and I, I still thought, you know, as we often say, there probably could have been a couple of Harry free kicks that he wasn't rewarded. There was one where he took a mark and got held up. it was just a professional free kick to be able to hold him up. and it should have been fifty meters and it wasn't paid. and a little bit of luck means that you know we we would have already had scoreboard pressure on. But they'd kick like two goals, six, and we hadn't scored. And you know, you sat Yeah, there but it and you're wasn't going, a dominant two.
0: I know it's going to sound No, it wasn't. It wasn't it, a dominant two goals, six. There was, was a lot of
2: rubbish shots, but they yeah. were peppering a little bit. And, yeah, the, the defence was kind of holding up. But you kind of sat there and you're on, okay, well, we're three goals down. We've kind of started. We, we've given them a head start already, which has been sort of the Carlton way of late. And you kind of thought, we're not out of the contest, but, geez, we'd like to get on the scoreboard soon. And no sooner did you think it that Sard's gone and just gashed the whole midfield, um, and you've gone uh, and, and you've gone. That helps. So um, yeah, you, you'd rather have it on your team than having to play against it. There's no doubt about that. Not that you will hear that uh, stance from any Essendon supporter or or Essendon um, yeah you know, symp- sympathiser.
1: Well, they're just dumb in the brain. Um, <laughs> answers, yeah, answer on a, answers on a postcard <laughs> the fact that we are waiting until the 55 odd minute mark of this show i don't, we've mentioned him maybe once or twice but the fact that just goes to show that we are totally desensitised to, to, to what this guy does we are just totally and utterly desensitised to his
0: it's like 38 possessions for a guy in his third year is supposed to be
1: it's not normal it's not
0: supposed to be normal. This guy is not normal. And not he, knocking is not normal.
1: We've spoken in the last couple of weeks, Timbo, about um, how how a guy like Matt Rowell is much in the in the Walsh mould in that what he's doing is not normal. But Matty Rowell's having his challenges coming back from injury, you know, the last couple of weeks, which is totally, totally understandable. And and no one's, you know, potting the guy for coming off, you know, a second serious injury in what was effectively two games. But The Walsh legend just continues to grow by comparison.
2: Yeah. Can I give you a stat? And i had heard this before. Do we have a choice? No, well, you're going to hear it regardless. Um, Which which game in his career, or, or even give me a bracket of 10 games, do you think that Gary Ablett Jr. had his first game where he had 30 or more possessions? I'm
1: going to say game 104. 103. That is a that is an unbelievable... I'm not taking the <laughs> guess. That's pretty
2: good. That's pretty good. That, it, it was his 103rd game. He had 30 exactly. We need to stop. Um, we just
1: need to... Sorry, Timbo. <laughs> we just need to pump the brakes for a minute there.
2: Gary Ablett so, played 300.
1: He he played, how many games did Gary Ablett Jr. play? 300 and something? 300. He had
0: 357.
1: Yeah. I got it to within one. That's a good
0: get. That's a good get. <laughs> You know those ones where if you over, if you were under by one, you would have been okay, but because you were over by one, it's like price is right. <laughs> price is right. Yeah. If, if, do you remember if, when we? I oh, bet this is a, This is going back way into the what do they call it? The annals of the uh, the archives. The, the archives. <laughs> when we used to do the predictions, the uh, the certainties.
1: Yeah, I was out by half it, a point. It was guy. a Carlton Sydney game, and you <laughs> cracked the shit. because I kicked the goal that after was... the siren to <laughs> oh. sink me by legitimately half a point. And we, we didn't give it to you, did no, we? No, you didn't, because you're a pack of
2: fucks. <laughs> it's funny. It was five years ago, and he's still bitter.
1: None of us had gotten close to a prediction. That's why we shelved <laughs> the segment. None of us, a grudge. None of us, none of us had gotten close to a prediction, like even in the, in the ballpark of a prediction. I got to within half a point, and I was like, I think you should give it to me for the sake of the segment. And they were like, no. So no, the segment what? died.
0: That was, that, was, that was pretty good. You got blood but on that, what about the What about the podcast where I said, fitty? Yeah, and it was fitty.
1: We won by fifty. Well, yeah, the other week, the, you, the other week you said Fiddy, and we no yeah, injury. We
2: got pumped. <laughs> oh, Fiddy has failed before, but the very first time he ever gave the Fiddy, we yeah. won by Fiddy.
1: In fairness, they were injury riddled, so it wasn't it really, was. the Bulldogs.
2: No, that was just that was that game where they picked the small running side, had no tools at all. That was and, a game where Samo played, played really well.
1: Who Samo?
2: Uh, yeah, he did. He had a shitload of the ball in the middle and uh, Harry Mackay kicked like five or something like that. It was his real coming-of-age game.
1: Um, but no, look, as we said, we don't want to label it. We, we didn't end up really talking about Sam Walsh. That's, that's how incredibly desensitised we, guys we to. are to, to his unbelievable run of form, just phenomenal stuff. Um, Matty Kennedy, Timbo?
2: Yeah, it was great to see. He's, um, he's just, he's good in the air. Um, he's Unyielding on the ground, he's he he can manufacture the handball, he's a beautiful kick, um, and he just competes. And like what you sort of said about Samo before, you know, the fact that we've we've you know, when we've played him, we've played him as a half forward flanker, um, we've really played him as an inside midfielder because we've not wanted to couple him with Patrick Cripps, but. You know, and I, and we've always argued you, you need like eight and ten guys that rotate through your midfield anyway so if you've got one big bodied inside midfielder just make sure that they're not in the same center square setup if that's what you need to do granted rotations are reducing now and it might sort of mean that you can have fewer you'll always have a lot going through there but maybe fewer than you used to but you give him the opportunity to be able to play to his strengths, play his best style of football, and lo and behold, he gives it to you.
1: I think he's, you know, injury to Will Setterfield notwithstanding, gone past him pretty significantly the last couple of weeks, and it's because of that versatility. You mentioned he can take a mark, so you can put him a bit behind the ball if you need to, yeah. and you know that he'll be able to assist that back six if you need to someone to just plug up who can take a clunk. Um, but he did it all over the ground, you know. Once he, again, and he
2: does just flat out compete, doesn't he? But do, and yeah. don't
1: get don't get bogged down in ice oh, slow. Like don't it's allow that. The way that- you
0: play, you don't need to be Usain Bolt. If we had Usain Bolt in the field, he's fast as. Did you see, Usain Bolt-, us
1: hey, did you see Usain Bolt? play for the Central Coast Mariners?
0: The sauce bottles are more effective. Did you see <laughs> that?
1: It wasn't good. Um, Jack Martin, Fab. Um, looks like he's actually you know, got a couple of games under his belt, which he probably should have played at the lower level, um, and he actually looked a player again.
0: It's fitness, obviously. It, that, that's the only thing with Jack. Once he's got the fitness back, the touch comes with it. And when you're, trying to, when, when, when you're sucking in deep breaths, you, don't, you, just, you can't explode. There's a couple of times, especially when the ball was going deep inside our forward 50, he just outbodies people. He's a, he's a strong... He plants his feet and he's strong. Yeah, like he, he absorbs the hit and always, you know, checks where the ball is going to go. And he's just classy. Yeah, he's smart. Um, could have had a couple more. Could have had a couple more in the, the day with two for you, Timber, and your bet. Yeah, the, the, other, um, the other legs didn't get up, but it doesn't matter. For someone as skillful as Jack, he's actually not a very good set shot, which is a bit weird. But um, everything else is just. Is, is is a is a very very good footballer that hopefully gets a run of games now, and as that fitness continues to go up,
1: this is going to sound like the sort of thing that a Channel Seven colour commentator would say. Jack Martin either hits it gun barrel straight, and you just think this man will never miss again, or he just like he just misses and he, right off the boot. You know that's a, that's a behind.
0: Yeah, it's not working.
1: Yeah. It's, he's, he's a strange one like that. It's either absolutely 100% pure on target to go beautiful or Jesus. And it's not, he doesn't do the helicopter punt that misses by a mile, but you just look at it and go, that's missing.
0: Yeah, and it's, it was never going to be in. It's like, yeah, yeah. no, nah, that was crap. It was crap at the minute it left the boot.
1: Another interesting <laughs> win for us on the day, Timbo, as it turned out. Some sensible structural discipline from the boys. No second Ruckman. Why has it taken yeah, us <laughs> so long to adjust to this modern <sighs> trend?
2: It's uh, it it it's always been a funny one, and I think we've been. Did we think,
0: adjust, or was was you know, Did he do no, something? Well, we he had no. We had to he adjust. He hurt an
2: ankle. He hurt an ankle. Um, whether it was something that he would carried or he did it in training, but they said that he had surgery during the week last week, and it's you know what they're saying is he's touch and go whether he will be um, available for the rest of the season. So. Um, and of course, you, you sit there and you're going, well, what then do we do in that situation? Who is your second? Who is your second ruckman? And you always just say, well, you're not sticking Harry Mackay in there. You're not following uh, Jared Healy's advice and rucking Patrick Cripps because he's too valuable.
1: Uh, um, Jared uh, Healy, uh, <laughs> Liam six,
2: Jones He's uh, a bit like that, isn't he? Liam Jones has rucked before when he played twos, when he was sort of, you know, having his little renaissance. Um, he was so having he his sabbatical
1: could... from senior football. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, he was, he he could probably do it. But again, I still think he's probably um, too important. So in the end, when all of a sudden you saw Jack Silvani taking the, you know, up against Riley O'Brien, you thought, that's actually really, really sensible. You thought, he's probably no chance of winning the hit out. And lo and behold, they bounce the ball, he comes out, and he wins the hit out. And the raw, I don't know if it, it probably it didn't come through. The did. It did come through. Did come mm. through. Yeah, yeah, yeah good. it did. It, like, people saw what was happening. And, uh, and again, we always, we, we, this group of three clearly are massive supporters of Jack Silvani. We see his value. We see his effort. and We see the positives that he provides the football club. The fact that you give that guy that role, Something that he's not built to do at all, but through sheer heart and will and want and desperation and you know all, all the other words that go with it, he he finds a way. And uh, across the board, he wasn't stellar today, but he worked, he contributed, um, far from our worst. And you wouldn't think that he'd be losing his spot over that performance. And oh, no. and again, until you have a, another backup ruckman. You know, fantastic role to have. And as you say, he's our Sean Grigg. Speaking from
1: um, speaking from Even though we had Sean Grigg. We had Sean Grigg. Speaking uh, from experience, Fab, um, I could only – could you maybe take us into Jack's mindset when he was told during the week that you'll be rucking, having never rucked before in his life? Um, you it's – uh,
0: yeah, but I'm, I'm pretty sure – sure took me a moment, Sean. I'm pretty sure Jack's got a little bit more uh, – footballing now than I would Sean. Um I did think because Riley uh, what's his name O'Brien Riley O'Brien he's a, he's a lump of a lad I'm, I'm, you, you look at that and you just think get out hopefully just get out of the way don't 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 be an idiot because like, Sauce has got it in his jeans and his old man he's didn't a so competitor where, yeah so you're given you know, the, the ball to reckless abandonment it's just like they just throw themselves at him thinking don't try and compete with this bloke like look like, Make, make it difficult for him, but don't try and run into the I think you've got to have a sense, though, of, of not you. just
1: giving up the contest, not just being a warm body in the centre bounce. Like, you can't just yeah. do that. But at the same time, I think Soss is the perfect man for it because he's the willing soldier ant. You give hmm. a directive to you go, mate, just like we're not expecting you to jump up and Nick Nat style be winning hits to advantage. Yeah. Be but, a contest, I, be a body, fucking give it something. And he does. But it gives the Ruckman something to think about because all of a sudden, like, oh, shoot, what do I do? It's, it's like
0: have you know, you've seen some and get confused, get confused when there's no other person contesting it, like a boundary is thrown against them. They're like, oh shit, what do I do? It's like I don't know. It just doesn't the brain doesn't tick over quite at, the, <laughs> at a normal pace. I'm not so, sure um, what the
1: equivalent animal is, but you know, like they work in pairs, so it's sort of like they're like the opposite of the wolf. <laughs> you know, the wolf has got the pack. He sort of, he looks around and he's like, there's no one else here. What am I meant to do?
0: What do I do? What do I do now? I need
1: someone. Uh, we're going to move on to the chicken shits now. Uh, we kind of covered off, you know, ran out of steam a bit uh, and we're really mm. holding on toward the end. You know, that the clock wasn't really our friend. There was enough time for us to lose that one. We'd done enough work to win it, but we just ran out of legs. We don't want to labour on that one. And then probably the more significant one again, Fab, our stoppage work is still bad. Yeah. If we break even, if we end up more or less, you know, plus one, minus one, break even sort of territory and stoppage, we are a five-goal better team. 100%. Now, I don't know the stats. But That's not even winning this, it. That's not like we've won is, stoppage by 15. If we just break even. Just on observation,
0: in that second quarter patch where we kind of had, you know, we dominated we won clearances. We, 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 we took away from stoppages. When we control that, we are... And that's, it's, it's, obvious, it's an obvious thing because anyone who controls stoppages controls the game. But we, if we don't win a stoppage or we don't win the clearances, we don't score. We find it very hard to score. And I don't know... Like I said, I don't know the stats, but it felt like when we got on top of that area in that second quarter and we got that momentum... We we looked we looked amazing, but uh, yeah, we got smashed twenty two to thirty eight. It was today in the clearances.
1: Not okay. good. It was not good. Um, do we, we'll brush over briefly. I mean, we we don't want to make it Debbie Downer style, but anyone uh, anyone yeah. see the um, the the seconds today?
0: Ooh. I heard we got pumped. That's That's I saw I the I saw the
2: score, but yeah. in fact, I didn't even see the score. I know that we got pumped as well. I'm I'm like you. Do we play the ants?
1: Played the Ants yeah. who were winless. Do you reckon
0: there was something in that?
2: Is
3: oh, reckon no was doubt. Something? In that. No doubt. But
1: that's the thing. Don't get beaten by what you know. We say it all the time. You're going to know this is their this is their grand final this year, and yeah. fair enough, because the way the club treated them wasn't great. Uh, the way the club conducted themselves in those dealings wasn't great. Um, so they're going to be fired up for it. We shouldn't be surprised by that. They came out. They were willing. They were honest. And they just worked us over. And I think it speaks to the, the, the chicken shit part of it is that you can't skimp on coaching and development because if you do, everyone pays the price. Yep, yep. That, that results. You know, reserves-level football isn't always about the four points. Clearly, you want to win, you want to play well enough to win, you want to play a style of football that wins you games, but sometimes the lessons learned are more important than the four points or the development, the miles put into the legs. Like I, I've spoken, we didn't learn anything today. I've, well, no, we learned that that side of our club is severely lacking. That yes. integration between first and second team and providing a culture you know an expectant culture of success and expectant culture of standards and expect- um, execution is just not up to snuff like you know i 've spoken in the past of going to watch a northern Blues game where we lost to Collingwood by one hundred and thirty eight points, but you walked up and you saw the teams and you went, I think we played three ruckman i think we, I think De Conning might yeah. have played, I think Lord yep. played and I think Phillips played. I think Collingwood's forward line was li- literally Dugoi for Solo, uh, Main, Elliot, and you sort of looked at yeah, the list, and you they're went... all
0: coming back. They're all coming back through the twos a- and you
1: sort of went, "Oh, look, this is going to be a hard graft, isn't it today?" But on balance, the team we put out was going to struggle to beat anyone because we were too tall and all that kind of stuff. But we needed to play them because we needed to give them minutes, and you can forgive that. What we saw today was really disappointing. You saw a lot of uh, AFL-listed guys running around, not learning anything. About themselves, about how they expected to play, um, about how they get back in the senior mix. Uh, I'm not saying that there were individuals in a selfish way, but once the structure fell apart, it just became about what can I do to save myself? What can you I do to?
0: Play, you, you should never play a team sport with that mentality.
1: But I'm, and I'm not even saying they had that mentality going into the game, but once the game devolved, it became it self-preservation. It, became, it does. It becomes how do I keep my own head above water here? Jesus. This is falling apart.
0: Given that you would you know the inner workings of of that level, given that they don't have the scrutiny put on them. So like if that if that was the scene is, the blowtorch would come through the media, supporters on Twitter, and it comes from everywhere. And shine a light on how does a club deal with a disappointing loss in the twos where it doesn't really Get that attention.
1: It's hard. So like if, in,
0: if Box Hill would have get smashed, what's what's you know what's it like?
1: It's very pointed. Still, it's why did we lose? What can we do to get better? What can't happen again? You isolate the problem areas. You isolate where the game was won and lost. Um, what can we then do about it? You know what what has to happen next time? What didn't we do well in situation A? And you really go through and scrutinise it, but there's no – make no bones about it. Like, it's not – it's not accepted in the sense that, you know, we lost because we didn't do A, B and C. It's not, oh, well, okay, that's a bad one. I guess we'll just move on. And that just comes down to culture. That comes down to, as I said, expectation. That comes down to what the club's DNA is. And it just feels like – Well, hopefully
0: it it doesn't get lost in the win, so to speak, if you know what I'm saying. It needs to –
1: it needs to mean – plenty internally that that's just Absolutely. not good enough. That, that's just not acceptable. And I'm not even necessarily hanging certain players out to dry. like people naturally come for the whipping boys in you know an O'Brien and even a willow of late. but they're, they're still they're, they're playing like guys at that level and the more I get exposed to watching them play, they're playing like guys who are just a bit sort of directionless oh, what do you want me to do? They, they produce nice little moments individually, but they're not deployed in a manner that actually allows them to influence the contest like they should at that level with their skills. Like, as we go four goals down, you know, you need to pull the trigger. Geez, we need to do something. Chuck a willow in the middle. Yep. Just chuck a willow on the ball. Just go, see what you can give us, mate. Go in there. You're a big guy. Win us some footy. Lay some tackles. Drive us forward. Use your leg. Um, blah, blah, blah. Lockie, get in there. Um, you know, try to spread. Be the guy who takes the ball on through the middle. You're probably the best kick on the field in a navy blue jumper. Like, empower them. But at the moment, mm. it just doesn't feel like that's happening. So that that was a real chicken shit. Probably the biggest chicken shit out of the weekend, to be brutally honest. Um, Absolutely. That means it's only one thing now. You've got mail. I think I've got the mailbox open. Um... CFC Hendo got in touch. The team sauce built needs to be played in the positions he meant them to play. SPS is a prime example of that. It was today an admission from the match committee that they've positionally butchered us for the first half of the season. I think longer.
0: Yes. Yeah. We put together the IKEA furniture. We'll get it right. Just follow the instructions. Build it as it was intended to be built. You
1: can't go off script so, on the flat pack right. furniture. You can't look at them and go, I know better. Yep. You're not That's gonna, obviously part B. You know, the chair, well, might, mate, the chair might look good in the corner, but the minute you put one pound of pressure on it, it's just going <laughs> to fall apart. Yep. Um, I had that problem with, um, with a bedside table.
3: <laughs>
1: it looked fine. You, you, you knew better? It, it looked fine, but then a gust of... From Surely the, there's
0: only like a top and four legs.
1: No, it was a strange... It was like it had drawers and stuff. Um, okay. So as soon as like a gust of wind hit it, it just collapsed. I'm not sure. You know when you do the IKEA and you end up, you sort of going, "Why well, have I got three <laughs> screws?"
2: What's this? I wonder whether they're important. What's this yeah. little? What's this little? Say.
1: What's this little piece of dowel? Yeah. Is this I meant to say, be? There?
0: You know, you have three extra dowels or and two extra screws or something. You know, just in case. Yeah, yeah. Because it's so you go, you get to the end and go, you know, I'm supposed to have that left Am over. Am I
1: meant to have this? And it wasn't like you got two or whatever. You're like, I've got three and I've got one of these. Yeah, it's random numbers. It's random it? numbers. Is this like... meant to be the case. Um, Shannon Emanuel, I'm worried that playing our guys in their natural positions will affect our ability to secure more high draft picks next year to play out of position. Am I overreacting? <laughs> no, that's a very, yes. very real fear. <laughs> 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 I'm, I can assure you we all share it. Um, Adam King and DBL have both got um, very much on the same page. Massive fade out in the last. We're just not fit enough. Uh, DBL said it's embarrassing how unfit the group is. And That's a concern. Like, Murph obviously goes down early. Uh, Nick Newman, who we didn't speak about, actually had a really good game when he came on. He was he was good. But Eddie was obviously a bit lame after he looked like he had a... Did it jar his knee or he's sort of holding at his hip? It's a hard one to know. I thought it was
0: hip or
2: groin actually or something what like he this did, is what I thought, yeah. but
1: But... He obviously Is this when he
0: landed from trying to take Martin the deco?
2: No, 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 no. He led out to the um, the the bench, uh, half forward flank, and he sort of, oh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, skidded yeah, with yeah. his you know legs akimbo, and then he did the little short pass to Jack Martin, which he was always going to do, and I thought Martin marked it and mm. then sort of got spoiled, but I would have thought it was probably in the back, but anyway. But he I, I, he I thought, was
1: a bit lame, so probably lost a couple of rotations there with him, um, which might have affected and, and we us. And were,
2: we were absolutely on top right at that point and he was really exciting and, and and was really very much the catalyst for us at times. The moment he came off, um, there was absolutely less forward pressure than there'd been. So, Energy. Um, Energy yeah, yeah, we, it, yeah, there really was. And, and you could feel that at the ground. So, um, again, you know, Eddie's always been one of those guys that he, he gives you actual output, but there's an intangible that is uh, always there when he's around that that we did miss. Uh,
1: Club of Ganoush, jar of stale piss member, Dom, uh, got in touch, said, uh, Paddy Dow, you can (laughs) see where he's headed. He's 21. We need him to be a one-player club, a one-club player. Get behind him when he fully believes he deserves to be out there. He'll be a bona fide game winner. Loved his efforts today. Totally agree. It's the most sensible thing you've said since before you joined Club of Ganoush." Nine um, game
0: uh, team high nine score involvements from Paddy Dowse. He was in, in, involved where it mattered, and his delivery inside fifty was it, the best, best I've ever seen. Was it always that he hit on a lead that he barely broke
2: stride, and then obviously the the goal that he kicked was a really nice one as well. Beautiful. And and then the one bit that I loved probably more than anything. There was a couple of very nice breakaways, but late in the game with about a minute minute and a half to go, it was kicked up the outer wing and uh, he was in the of, not not a pack, but he was sort of in the middle of a congregation of players and he just read it better than everyone. and just took a really strong mark and you thought the, the Paddy Dow of 10 games ago, um, he's not taking that mark. You know, he, he was devoid of confidence. He wasn't trusting his own footballing ability um, and although he'd see it, he just probably didn't have the confidence to fly for it. He'd make it somebody else's problem uh, and it was just like he looked like he was back to that stage of being the best player on his team or, you know, the best, one, of, one of the best players of his draft year to be able to say, I- I'm just owning the moment, and you've gone bloody good on you for doing what you've done because you're proving to us and yourself that you're as good as we always thought you were.
1: I'm going to need to get a, um, a soundbite for next week, Fab, which is just the maitre d' of Shea Quiz going, Abe Froman. <laughs> so I can just I can just press it. Uh, the point was well made, Timbo. I do I, I do you. agree with everything you said. Sure, our lost, listeners
2: will
0: agree. You lost, Sean fifteen seconds into it, but you were. We all concur. I'll listen He's, to the
1: other one minute thirty tomorrow. Um, N.J. Connell Stalker has heaps of heaps of grunt in him. Um, that was a, I think a, a point well made. He, he was really good today. We mentioned him earlier. Um, He's also
0: got a bit of the. Um, Grunt with a capital C, if you know
2: what yeah, I'm trying to get at. Yeah. He's, he's,
1: he's
0: got a bit of that
2: muzzle in
1: it. Yeah, it sounds similar to Grunt, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. But, geez, kicking, though, there was a few switches of play, and, you know, it's the 50-metre kick that just – he just he looks to do it, he just hits it, and it's just beautiful. And he, and he nails it. And then at times, you know, when that kick's in the air and you can see uh, a defender running across, and you go, oh, shit, he might cut it off. They're actually nowhere near cutting it off, and it usually clears where they're at, and they don't even realise that it travels as as far as it does. And it's just, at times, it's dead set sublime. So he was very good.
1: Absolutely. Peter Carrick, another club of ganoush idiot. Um, (laughs) Was that us turning the corner or wallpapering over the cracks, not complaining, mind you. We all needed that being a win. I think you can't turn your nose up at a win. Ultimately, nah. you've got to win the game of football. We did, I think, well enough and played a good enough brand of football to win by more than the 10 points. Um, that, that'll be lost in the wash. Ultimately, the record book will you know record the score as it was. But um, we had the opportunities, Fab, for it to be far more comfortable than it was.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, it was. And people, like I said, we, we can't. You know, turn our noses up at wins, but there's also an opposition out there trying to do their thing and stop you as well. So, I, I think I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a turning of the corner moment. I don't think we can put that much emphasis on on it. But um, good to get a win, and, and and I think the best thing is when you
2: when those blokes rock up to the club, whenever it is tomorrow morning, Tuesday morning, whatever, to be able to come back in post win having celebrated, enjoyed it, and sort of be able to walk in with a whole lot less worries than there has been in the immediate past, you know, two, three, four weeks, but certainly, yeah, before that again, without the media, you know, scrutinising what we're doing and all that sort of stuff, they'll just be so liberated by it. You just hope they take that opportunity and just be better, so, you know, and, and, and be able to prepare every other week well.
1: You, you, you two are fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Russian. <laughs> it is, isn't it? I feel like the deer hunter. <laughs> I feel like the legendary scene. And that, well, that wasn't even directed at Timbo. I just sent uh, Fab a text <laughs> saying, "Oh, Timbo's gone. <laughs> Where's <is> he?"
0: <laughs> Surely, Timbo's surely connections, hit.
1: no, his, his connections dropped out. I sent Fab a message oh. just as Timbo was answering that. I said, uh, throwing to Tim with a question is the most dangerous game of all. <laughs> I didn't even throw to him with that question and he ended up hijacking it.
0: <laughs> uh, t- I've told the story before <laughs> when talking to Tim. I had to stop. I was running out of fuel and I stopped. I put petrol, paid, got back in the car. Timbo was just talking. He didn't know I did any of that. And you just went, mm-hmm. He yeah. didn't, didn't even have to do that. <laughs> uh,
1: Tim well, was such a good swimmer. He didn't never came up for air. <laughs> How good was he off the blocks in the butterfly? <laughs> he, was just, he actually went to the, the other end of the uh, the other end of the pool without servicing. <laughs> um, <laughs> Where are we? Um, we've got uh, Daniel here. Do we need to spend 800K and multiple draft picks on Chera when we can, when we can just develop SPS and Dow, spend the money in picks to fill other holes? Like we've spoken about this, the net. The net of losing a Samo to make way for a Chera who's mm. on more money and we'd also probably be losing another pick. It's the net. It's the total package of what it would cost Correct. to bring someone like that in. I think that's a really interesting point to make because –
0: it also might not be a decision that's in our hands. If Samo might turn around and go, he's out of mouth. And therefore, we may be accepting the deal anyway. If Samo wants to leave, then we have to try to make the best out of that situation.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. we um, probably going one
3: more.
1: Uh, uh, Tim W. Blue and said... Um which play do you think answered the critics of uh, fans, media, and coach the most today? Quite a few stuck it right up them. I think there's only one winner with that today. It's, it's Samo really. You know, Paddy Dow to a lesser extent. You know, certainly had a good game which shut a lot of people up. But um, yep. p- particularly Samo, I think his first half really shut. You know, quite a few people up both internally and externally as to you know what his value is, what he can offer this team. So yep, um, and no, another totally.
0: a shout out to uh, Timmy Dubb, While well, we're mentioning him, he uh, got the. Um the Prender DJ, the DJ theme from last week, excuse me.
1: Oh, yeah, what was that?
0: Um, it was about trying to get Murph to 300. And the song was Don't You Want Me, Baby by The Human League.
1: I thought you said it was about so. Teague. No. Oh, yeah, whatever. No, so that's the mailbox. Thank you so much to everyone who got in touch. Fantastic response. As usual, uh, obviously can't get through all of them, which is a shame because there's so many excellent like pieces. Of, 50 of them. Yeah, there's so very, many yeah, really good great pieces response. of uh, correspondence, which is great. Um yeah. <sighs> Did you want to do, what do, do? Oh, you've done? The, the Prender DJ, haven't you? Timbo's not coming back, so we'll just close the show out without him, I suppose. Yeah,
0: no, no, hashtag Prender DJ um, to guess the theme song at the end of the show. Um, and obviously, get in touch. Um, just request a membership. Don't just hashtag Club of Ganoush, just request any membership type you want. Make up a membership it's category. That's right.
1: Make it up. Pretty much
0: what you are, pretty much what you've got this season with Carlton Shaw. You're paying through the nose
1: and getting nothing for it. Getting zero. Can't even go to games. It's absolutely magnificent. Yeah. Uh, that's us done, I think. It is. So for Dr. Davis it's always a pleasure.
0: Always a pleasure. <laughs> I, gonna, I thought you were gonna throw it at me. Yeah, no, he's I always, it's
1: always a pleasure. He's not here, but where I don't know where he's disappeared to, he's been disconnected. Have you watched the uh, the pan packs on uh... Fab, I just want to show. ask you, do you watch the Australian swimming trials uh, in the last two weeks? I go, no, I didn't. Well, well you would intimate. have seen a young girl in the uh, 200 individual medley, uh, swimming, of course, uh, and obviously am sitting going, okay, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We love it. We for, do uh, love it. <laughs> we do. We do. I'm going to have to get that sound bite, though. Abe Froman. Abe Um For you, Fab goodbye. Um... Yes, To me, Sean Peterwatch, thank you so much for listening in. We'll catch you again next week. Obviously, this week's song, which Fabian will give me shortly, will be playing currently, Prenda DJ, hashtag to guess the theme. Uh, we'll catch you again next week.
0: See you later. Go Blues.
3: seriously And we've had our